Welcome to the podcast! Each episode will feature all three of us talking about outrageous sounding events or people in history. But the twist is, one of us is telling a completely fabricated story, while the rest of us are telling the truth. At the end of each episode, it is up to the group to vote on whose story is the most outrageous, and which one we think is true. I'm Ivan. I'm Davis. And I'm Bum. And you're listening to the So There Was podcast, a show about a lot of things, but mostly about two true stories and one bold-faced lie, and you gotta figure out which is which before we do, because it'll make you feel smarter than we are. How about you tell us uh, your story first, uh, Davis? Okay, my story is titled The Great Imposter. Whoa. Have you, have you ever heard of that before? <laughs> I doubt it. That must be so great. Okay, so there was this guy that traveled the U.S. successfully posing as a Navy officer, a surgeon, a teacher, and more during the 1940s. And get this, he did all this without having any kind of college or university degree. So he's just super charismatic. Not only that, some <laughs> people say that he had a photographic memory and an uh... I- IQ above like anything normal. So Ferdinand Waldo Damara Jr. was born on December 21st, 1921 in Lawrence, Massachusetts. At the age of 16, he ran away from home and joined an order of Cistercian monks in Rhode Island where he remained for several years. In 1941, he enlisted in the army and then deserted shortly afterward. But then, you know, uh, after that, he forged transcripts and documents and took on the identity of Robert Linton French, Ph.D., a religious psychologist. So basically, he like you finagled his way into this job, and he got it. So under this persona, he practiced psychology at a college in Pennsylvania. He did not have any classical teaching except what he had at the monastery, and he managed to like finagle his way into a college. And huh. so, after that, among uh, his many personas, uh, among his many personas during this time, he was. Uh, he was an orderly at a sanitarium in Los Angeles, an instructor in St. Martin's College in the state of Washington. And that's the uh, most of the stuff that he got into. Uh, he was arrested by the FBI for desertion soon after uh, his stint as, a, as a multiple college professors and served 18 months in prison. It's not too bad. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> seem that bad. It's not that bad. But then again, so after he got out of prison, he joined a Catholic monastery and took on the alias of Brother John and began and began tailing Brother John Smith. Yeah, he, he took on the alias of the most generic name ever, Brother John, and began tailing a young doctor named Joseph Sire. And so Damara was so impressed by this guy's uh, doctor skills, he continued to observe this guy. So then that's when he hatched one of his biggest, like, imposter things ever. So Damar arrived at a Canadian Royal Navy recruiting office in the province of New Brunswick and enlisted as Dr. Joseph Sire, the guy he was tailing for all <laughs> that time. How long did he tail the doctor? It doesn't, it doesn't specify, but it was... Uh, <laughs> most sources say that it was a few months. Wow. Wait, so, so what year is this now? It's pretty good. It doesn't really specify in the article that I hmm. referenced, but we can safely say that it's around, like, uh, it's it's the 1940s. So then Damara was shipped out on the HMCS Cayuga, <laughs> a Navy destroyer headed for Korea, because uh, Canada was embroiled in the Korean conflict at that time. Right. So yeah, maybe the 1950s. That, that era, 1950s, 1960s. Yeah. So, Damara worked as a trauma surgeon. So, he actually operated on dudes at <laughs> wartime 
and he did this by studying medical textbooks and memorizing basic surgical procedures while he was on board, and he successfully performed major operations on 16 wounded enemy combatants, including amputations and major chest surgery. So he saved a bunch of dudes, <laughs> all while faking that he was a surgeon. Even though so he, he only studied the most basic yes. stuff that he needed. And he like he, yes. he didn't take any formal training he just read some textbooks all the only training he had were in monasteries <laughs> so uh the mother of the real joseph sire read of you know the imposter damara's exploits at sea in a newspaper and then she alerted the authorities that yeah her son's not not there so yeah. it's fake mom ratting <laughs> it's fake mom ratting him out so the canadian royal navy decided not to press charges against damara and he was returned what? to the united states well, I mean, he successfully really? performed surgery, yeah, so... I guess. But still... Uh, Unethical practice. Does, does that count as malpractice? You didn't kill anyone, you didn't hurt anyone. So... Yeah. No one no one died under his care or Doesn't, supervision? Not according to the no one, records. No. And no one sued or whatever. No, uh, apparently not. But that did not stop Damar from later serving as a prison doctor in Texas until he was recognized by another by a, by a prisoner. Damara then moved to Penobscot Bay and posed as a high school teacher until he was caught, and that was his last recorded uh, stint as an imposter. So, what are your sources? Uh, my source, my main source was uh, Ferdinand. Uh, my main, uh, my main. Source was Ferdinand Damara biography published. Uh. <laughs> 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 that last one got me. I can't get it together, right, guys? Okay, so yeah, this, all all this Ferdinand stuff. Okay, so my main source was the Ferdinand Damara biography published on April second, two thousand fourteen, on thebiography.com. Okay. That's the it. Biography. Yeah, that's it. Man. That, hey, wait, wait a wait. minute. You only have one source. I, I was, the the yeah. rest was uh, the main Wikipedia article. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, the main so Wikipedia you didn't, you didn't think to include that because it's, it's, it's Wikipedia. But this is the main source, okay. and okay. there were other sources cited on the biography page. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to also count those, but there's a lot of them. Okay. Okay. So that was pretty interesting. Uh, Davis, it sounded like uh, your story of the guy who didn't want to go to college to do any work. <laughs> yeah, and he <laughs> saved 16 lives. Okay, so, well... I guess it's my turn. Uh, so there was a woman named Violet Jessup, and my title is Violet Jessup. And none of you have ever heard of this story before, hopefully. I don't no. think so. I've never heard of Violet Jessup. Unless, especially when you just put a name there, there's like at least three Violet Jessups. Well, this is the Violet Jessup. <laughs> okay. And you'll know what I mean when I get into her stories. Yeah. So it all began in 1910. Jessup, Violet Jessup, started working as a stewardess for the White Star vessel RMS Olympic. When she was aborted on uh, the 20th of September, 1911, uh, the Olympic left from Southampton of uh, England, supposedly, and it collided with the British warship, the HMS Hawk. How so, do you miss a warship? Uh, I, I didn't read it all, but uh, I do believe that there is some really bad communication. You know, there's a lot of big blind spots on uh, ships. So, uh, yeah, despite there not being any fatalities, uh, thankfully, Jessup did not mention it in her memoirs. So it wasn't really a... It, yeah, just two big ships colliding at sea, you know. No big deal. Uh, yeah, Happens no big all deal. the time. Yeah, I think, I believe, if I remember right, 
uh, they were both exiting a port at the wrong time. So yeah, it was just a mis miscommunication in between uh, the two ships. Skip forward a year or so to uh, 1912, and uh, now Jessup has uh, switched uh, places. So like, you know, he, she didn't think that the Olympic was such a, a good place to be at, especially since they just crashed. So she went on to a more, um, a more reputable and actually a fancier cruise liner, much bigger. It was the Titanic, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> which was also owned by White Star Cruise. Oh, I'm liner seeing company. the connections here. Yeah, uh, fun fact her friends convinced her to switch to the Titanic because they thought it would be a wonderful experience. <laughs> yeah, mm. that was a quote unquote from her diary or memoir. Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, uh, we all know the story of the Titanic as usual. Uh, we've all seen the movie. No. Big ship hits big iceberg. Uh, 24 hours later, it sinks. And so, yeah, Jessup is sent to the lifeboats as the, the, uh, the Titanic is sinking. And while she's getting in, she's handed a baby to look after. And uh, Jessup and her lifeboat were rescued by the R RMS Carpathia. And the mother uh, was eventually reunited with the baby. So Ooh. Jessup was like, you know, just carrying this baby the entire time. She didn't know where the mother was. And, uh, and when they got back, the mother just came up to her grabbed the baby, and ran off without saying oh, wow. anything. Okay. So, yeah. But then, how do we know it was actually her mother? Let's <laughs> see, that's the thing. We don't know. <laughs> she doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, fast forward again to four years later in 1916. Uh, Jessup volunteered as a nurse in the British Red Cross during World War One, And so now we're getting to the big war. Then, yeah, she was aboard the HMHS Britannic, meaning uh, His Majesty's hospital ship it, uh, it, it was a previously a cruise ship which was turned into a hospital oh at that time so now yeah so the floating hospital uh it sank in the aegean sea why Again. is that funny to you <laughs> you know that's funny uh yeah in an unexplained explosion it sank due to an unexplained explosion and just a really spanish that's the other one. <laughs> That's the other ship. And Jessup barely escaped with her life. Well, of course, with other people. Yeah, so Jessup and others had to jump off their lifeboats to avoid being sucked in and chopped up by the uh, boat's propellers. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you can imagine it. They're almost going to get sucked in. It's like that part in, uh, what was it, The Last Crusade and where Indy and those, uh, those guys with the weird, funny-looking hats, they almost get sucked in. Into and chopped the, up. <laughs> and chopped up by the, the big it, boat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Jessup hit her head while jumping off the lifeboat. Uh, she sustained uh, several injuries, but uh, she survived. And uh, despite her terrible history with cruise liners, uh, Violet Jessup, after the war, continued to work for the White Star Line, the same company that owned the Titanic and the, Br the Br Britannia. Yeah, the Britannia. No? The Britannic. It's called the Britannic. Yeah. <laughs> she still worked for the same company uh, after, even after all those two accidents. Uh, I don't understand why. Yeah. And she continued to work there until she died. Wow. Hmm. Okay. So what are your sources for this harrowing tales? Uh, so I got it from uh, history.howstuffworks.com. It's one of a, uh, it's a very reputable uh, history site. <laughs> Uh, the article that was written by Kate Kirshner. So yeah, uh, I got it also from uh, Encyclopedia, Titanica.org, and uh, Wikipedia, Oops. which is written by a bunch of history buffs. Okay, so what do you got, bum? Can you impress us or top our stories? I think what I think my crazy, totally true story will uh, top all of yours. That's what something if it's totally fake. Well, that would be sad because this is real. <laughs> okay. 
So it's titled An Amazing Escape, kind of. Like, the, so this story puts the maze in amazing? Yes. Okay, so this is a pretty recent story. So in the, the winter of 2018. In, oh, that's uh, pretty recent. Yeah. So in uh, February 12th of last year, at approximately 9.20 p.m., two Chinese men, Chris Wu, who was 26, and Dan Long, 32. So this takes place in China. No, no, it takes place in America. <laughs> in the, the far eastern side of China, like next to the, the sea. So they were trying to rob a convenience store in Yangchen. Okay. But then Lung, one of the robbers, he accidentally hit his accomplice with a brick. <laughs> that they were gonna they were gonna use the brick, smash the window, but then he got in the way and he hit his accomplice unconscious. I've seen a video about this. So uh the owner, 42 42-year-old Yang Shikai, Shikai, called the police and the both would-be robbers tried to flee. Well they they tried to. Tried since to? since Chris Wu was he was like almost near to unconscious, so he couldn't move. His friend Den Long, he tried to move his body to try to carry him away before mm -hmm. the police got there, but then he just abandoned his friend and he ran off. What so, a good friend. Yeah, so when police got there, they arrested Chris Wu. So after attempting to drag his friend's body, Den Long, he fled to the nearby Yangchen Dafeng Dream Maze. And it's the Guinness World Record for largest <laughs> maze in the world. So he he hopped the fence, the multiple fences leading into the, the maze, right? And it's a bunch of mazes put together as one giant maze. So when he uh, he got into like the different mazes, he actually lost the police there. And when the police tried to pursue him, they got lost in the maze. <laughs> So, and so did Den Lu. <laughs> yes, yes, actually, Den Long, he actually got lost yeah, himself. Yeah, Den Long. Was yeah, he, so they all, they both, the police and Den Long, they lost themselves. <laughs> <in> the <laughs> so three hours later, at 12.36 p.m., Den Long was spotted from one of the helicopters that the police sent. Uh, so they yeah. had to send helicopters with the spotlights, right? And uh, they found him in a, hiding in one of the hedge mazes. And he gave himself up and was charged with attempted robbery and evading police. Wow. So my sources are the Daily Mail, and that article was titled How Not to Rob a Store. The Astonishing Moment, a would-be burglar accidentally knocks his accomplice out cold by hurling a brick at his head before trying to drag his limp body away. That's <laughs> a really long Yes, it's a long... Yeah, and that article was by Sam McPhee for the Daily Mail Australia. Yeah, and uh, my second source was ABC7 News, oh, suspected okay. would-be robbers hilarious, hilariously botch heist. And that article didn't list the name. And The Sun, uh, the title was The World's Dumbest Criminals, and that was by Sophia Petkar. So that was my story. Okay, Davis, you want to go first? Okay, so... Ah, uh, it, it's really weird, because... So Ivan puts a lot of historical, you know, uh, propriety in his sources, right? And bum, it just sounds so out there that it could be true. It's something you would read on, you know, the Guinness World Records or Ripley's Believe It or Not. The, the titles highlight only certain parts of your story, which is understandable since it's a very large, broad story that has many point, plot points in it, I guess. But it, I think bum sounds the most clickbait. So I'm gonna go with Bum's story as fake. Okay, so Bum, do you have anything to fire back with? Um, when I when I first saw it, 
it was on like one of those like sites like top 10 like st like stupid like robberies or like heists and like i found it and then it's like wow this is pretty funny so it was like that that really popped out to me uh between davis and ivan's i gotta say i think davis's sounds pretty pretty far-fetched also i mean what is this like the 40s or whatever yeah 40s like a guy he's like imposters like all these people 50s yeah but like how did he not get caught right away or like why did it take them so long he got caught multiple times though so, uh, I, I can understand it why seems, it's seems far-fetched. And you only have one source. And Wikipedia. And Wikipedia. Yes, and Wikipedia. that's my mistake. Wikipedia is Wikipedia. But the source I'm citing cited many other sources, and I checked those sources. And but you didn't list them. That is true. <laughs> well, I, I gotta say that I think I think it was just fake. Oh, man. Okay, Ivan, what do you think? Both of y'all sound fake. <laughs> so, like, I don't understand how somebody, like, when you go into those type of professions that you name, specifically trying to be a doctor, how do you, how do you do that? There's so many, like, precepts and requirements and pre-requirements. Like, you shouldn't be able to do that. Even back in the 40s, you shouldn't be able to 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 do the things that he did was because also the there 60s. are re requirements yeah, yeah yeah like how do they even accept them it's like they, it's like know. no background checks like yeah you're in even yeah, though you, you have no be, experience what were those at all. what were those uh, occupations he became a navy officer as well as a surgeon, a surgeon. and a teacher a in many how did yeah. he become a surgeon without it, them realizing he was an army surgeon they shipped him off to korea i don't know he was apparently a good forger okay so enough about that so Ivan, what do you who do you think is fake? So I don't I don't I don't trust <laughs> Davis's. Oh and I don't trust bums because I've seen the video. I've seen the video that this thing is based on. So I'm not sure if there's more to that video. It showed two guys, they were they were in front of this, I don't know, whatever store or uh, bank, and one of them picked up a brick and he threw it and it hit the guy as he was passing over. So most likely bums saw that same video. And probably he searched it out, and maybe he constructed this whole, this whole, uh, this whole fake story <laughs> around this video. So I really don't like either of yours. <laughs> I mean, cut it out. Okay. So if I were to choose, I would choose. I'm the tiebreaker, aren't I? Yeah, you're oh, the tiebreaker. Yeah. I would choose bums. Wait, now it's all really? tied up though. Wait, no. No, because you voted yeah, for Yeah, I voted for bum. Okay. My instinct is saying it's it's, wow. it's a bomb. Okay, so I'm voting for Bum's story as the faker. And I'm voting for Davis as the fake. And I'm voting for Bum. That's sad. As the fake. So it's time to reveal. It's time okay, to so, reveal, Bum. So who is it, though? But yeah, my story, it's not fake. What? Just kidding, yeah, it's fake. Oh, yeah, it's fake. I will <laughs> it's that. fake. So my inspiration, I didn't find it out by watching a video, but then I saw this news article about two guys who were trying to rob a store, but then he hit his friend with a brick. Mm. And, I, and that actually did take place in China. Okay. And then I was also looking at, huh, what can I actually add to this story? And I looked up, huh, maze mazes and then yeah the dream maze in china that's an actual thing mm -hmm. and it is the world's largest maze and i was like huh what if i 
place this robbery near there and just have him go like escape to that maze. You see, that was good. So I, I just yeah. added that with a real story. Hmm. You almost had. So it. that's where I think put it. two real things together. Yeah, and you made it so fake. I thought initially it was Davis's that was wrong, but you then thought that it was. <sighs> Not so. Is that true? Yeah, it is true. Okay, I'm gonna have huh. to look that up. Later. It is true. That sounds interesting. Yeah. So that's how I created my fake story. Uh, okay, so thank you for enduring us talking about two truths and one lie on the So There Was podcast. If you enjoyed this episode of the So There Was podcast, please like and subscribe and comment on any of our various media outlets like Instagram, Twitter, and our channel in CastBox. So, Wait, what is it's at? It's at So There Was 2. Wow, you said we have an Instagram too. We do have an Instagram. What? Just type in So There Was Podcast, no caps. Dude, I'll check that out right now. <laughs> okay, so please do that. We put this podcast out for you, the listeners. So come along and join us and try to decipher who's the liar and who are the truthers. So remember, always check your facts and watch your back.